Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. She's just not hiding it well, though. Like when Easy no. comes, he's like, can I grab her? And Dale's like, oh, yeah, I'll go. And Claire's like, wait, where are you going? Give me a hug. And I'm like, Claire, Claire you got to let no. him go. Like you were just hugging him with your whole body for like an hour. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here today to recap another dramatic episode of the hit game show. What did Dale say about me exactly? Truly action-packed, and this week we did learn a lot about what Dale said about Claire and what Claire said about Dale. Dale, 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 plus Claire, which is all you can really ask for from this show. Um, So let's get started. Before we dig into our recap with author Kate Stamen London, who wrote the delightful Bachelor-themed rom-com One to Watch, we do really want to address some of the off-camera Bachelor and Bachelorette news that has come up over the last couple weeks. Yeah, so after, shortly after we taped, actually, last week, um, we became aware of allegations that were made about Easy um, on Twitter. Um, these allegations were then posted on Reddit. Um, and the tweets said that Easy had uh, sexually assaulted the woman uh, several years ago and that she hadn't come forward at the time because she was worried about being victim blamed. Um, the tweets have been deleted. She has said on Reddit that she um, has retained legal counsel. Um, and it seems like, you know, we haven't spoken to this woman. Um, we haven't reported this out at all. But um, we do know Reality Steve and Ashley Spivey have both spoken with her. Um, and it, it appears that um, from what they learned that she tried to reach out to production before the show aired, but not through very direct. There isn't a good way for women to reach out, to be honest. You know, there isn't, um, as Ashley is always pointing out, there isn't a hotline or anything like that. So I guess she went to ABC.com and clicked on like the feedback button which doesn't really give you a a line to bachelorette production in any way um and so she was not able to reach them um before production took place um and so these allegations did come out sort of when the show started airing you know we just want to make it 
really clear that while we, of course, have not independently verified these things, we cannot speak to the veracity of these allegations. Um, but we are obviously really disturbed by them and would not have probably spoken about easy in the, you know, kind of lighthearted um, and complimentary way that that we did in those first two episodes had we seen them. Um, and yeah, we just want to make it very, very clear that we are, first of all, very thankful to our all of our listeners who flag these posts to us and and that we, you know, as always stand with survivors. Yeah, um, I do think, you know, based on what Reality Steve and Ashley Spivey said that ABC and Warner Brothers are looking into this. There's a process they go through. Um, I was a little bit surprised, given that this has been out for well over a week now, that Easy still had a lot of screen time in last night's episode. A he lot. Had, a lot. Um, it was a little disturbing. Yeah. And, you know, not just dialogue and scenes, um, but in the moments he was providing narration. Um he he had like more screen time than most of the guys who are not directly involved in some sort of drama and um i hope that if there is any validity to the allegations that were made um or if they're unable to immediately ascertain that they start taking steps to take you know take his presence on the show down a notch um, because we don't, and that's, that's an option that they have um, and have used in the past um, to, to kind of reduce people's presence on the show. If, if something comes out after taping. Um, So we'll, it remains to be seen how that plays out in the future. Um, We did also want to mention um, some TikTok allegations that were made about Yosef. The allegations might be a slightly strong term, unflattering uh, revelations. Uh, a woman named Carly Hammond posted some videos on her TikTok um, saying that he had hit her up on her DMs after he filmed the show, um, which is exactly sort of what Tyler C. said he was doing before the show. Um, but they talked a lot they had a lot of facetimes uh, they planned a meetup um and then he asked her to come to his hotel one night while he was visiting and then f- ghosted her he claims he fell asleep so she came to visit him and he didn't come out and then while apologizing sent her a video of himself jerking off to another woman it's not great um yeah, I mean, it's not good. And, you know, ugh, this does sort of track with the vague claims that Tyler C. made. Um, it doesn't sound like the behavior of, like, a, a man who is setting a very careful example. Um, but, uh, again, that's something that we haven't verified ourselves, although I do think that Reality Steve is speaking with her. Um so that's that's what's going on with Yosef. Uh, the last thing we wanted to say is that, again, we are coming up on election week. Early voting has started a lot of places. We want to encourage you again, get out and vote if you can. And if you have not yet mailed in your absentee ballot but did request one, do not mail it in. Um, USPS has said that at this point they cannot guarantee that it will get there in time. And as we know, there has been a lot of, you know, sort of legal battles 
Um, obviously, stuff came up in Wisconsin recently in which uh, the Supreme Court ruled that they will not be able to count ballots that get there after Election Day, even if it is the fault of the mail system and and not of the individual. And so we just want to encourage you, if at all possible, hand that ballot in in person. I know in New York City, if you have an absentee ballot that you just want to hand in, you can skip the whole line at your polling place. I was in a three-hour line yesterday. And there were signs everywhere that said, if you have a ballot, you can just go to the front of the line. You can hand it directly to a poll worker. Um, and yeah, we just want to you know, really encourage people to get out there, have their voices heard and and do it in a way that kind of in, you know, sidesteps the fuckery of all of the voter suppression that goes on in our country as much as possible. Yeah. And obviously not everyone can hand in their absentee ballots in person. That is the reason absentee ballots originally existed. Um, and I really hope that um, that the ballots will be counted in as many places as possible no matter how late they get there, if they are postmarked by the, the uh, correct date. Um, but if if it is possible to drop your ballot off in person, that is the best uh, approach at this point. And we really encourage everyone to, to do what they can. We're joined today by Kate Stamen London, author of One to Watch, which we both absolutely adored. Thanks so much for joining us, Kate. Thank you for having me. And what an episode. <laughs> yes, this episode. Oh, my God. I'm exhausted. How are you guys feeling? <laughs> Emotionally wrung out. Like, between this and voting and Amy Coney Barrett, it was just like, I, I felt the whole human spectrum of emotions in the last few days. Yeah, in 2016, I worked for Hillary Clinton's campaign. So last night I was like, LOL, how different is my life? I'm getting ready to podcast about The Bachelorette a week before the election. But then I saw Yosef's meltdown and I was like, no, it's the same. It's exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, men gonna men, okay? (laughs) Yeah, basically everything was blurring together. That's the 2020 condition. Mm. Um, And this was one of those episodes also that like I got to the end and scrolled back to the beginning of my notes. And I was like, I forgot that that happened. It was like the major drama at the beginning of the episode already has flowed through all my synapses and out onto the floor. So let's let's get into that major drama. Um, We enter this episode right in the middle of the cocktail party. Claire is still wearing that like very beaded gray silver gown. The men are still very anxious, which is a a frequent condition of this group in this first half of the season. And Yosef is ready for a fight. Oh, he's he's spoiling for a fight. He's been like kind of hyping himself up with the guys who are not at all really interested in hyping him up. Like he's like, wow, wasn't that incredibly like degrading and distasteful and disappointing? And they're all like, no. Like, what are you talking about? They're like, ah, we're fine. Although I have to say, I really enjoyed how Riley was like, oh, well, are you just going to tell us? Or do you think maybe you'd better tell Claire? Like, he was really (laughs) stirring the pot in a way that reminded me of Becca M. from Ari's season. And I was like, that's a good way to play the game, Riley. Good for you. I adore Riley. Yosef is, in his conversation with the men and in his in the moments, kind of, refining his material like he has some points he wants to make make to Claire which are as follows 
He thinks that the dodgeball date was classless and unacceptable. He thinks that she should be more mature because she is the oldest bachelorette ever. The oldest one ever. The oldest one. And he was, he expected that she would be more mature because of that. Um, But instead, what happened was uh, classless. I don't know if I've mentioned that. And degrading. And being a father, he would have absolutely said no if he was asked to participate in the date. Um, because, you know, this is a line that just can't be crossed. And On the other hand, Yosef <laughs> is fine with crossing lines, like sending women he's dating videos of himself jerking off to other women. That's a that's yes. just a classy line. This is classless. Allegedly, according to some TikToks that were posted. <laughs> we haven't seen any such video, just to clarify. Thank goodness. I hope to- <laughs> I can't I can't believe that he would have a hypocritical du- double standard about the way men and women are allowed to behave in dating yeah, situations. That seems totally seem. out of character for yeah. this guy. You would never guess. Yeah, the guys ask if he's gonna bring it up. Uh and Yosef Yosef also has a very like um it's like he thinks he's a, a personality already. He's like, based on what you know about me, what do you think I'm going to do? And he's like smirking. He's like, yeah, I'm going to bring it up. That's me. That's what I do. And it's like, dude, no one knows who you are. Classic Yosef. <laughs> Classic yeah. Yosef. They just met you. Like, you're not a thing. <laughs> and none of them like him. And his whole thing is like, you know, I think based on my morals and ethics, I really need to confront this situation, even if it means I get more camera time. Like, that is just a sacrifice I'm willing to make. He's a principal guy. Yeah, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but he's just, like, a very magnanimous man who's just on this reality show to set a good example for his daughter's daughter, one daughter, and he will not be associated with anything or anyone that does not meet his very high standard of morality and classiness which is why he went on reality television, as we all know. As and, we like, all of know, course, they must TV. have begged him to join the show, right? It's not oh. like he had to apply and jump through hoop after hoop after hoop to, to go and be on the show. It's like, I am taking time away from my daughter. It's like, no one made you do that. No one dragged well, you here. It's his understanding, Look, it's his I calling. think, that he was going on a show where women might have to strip down and have things thrown at them. But not him. Like, that's, uh, you know, this he's a man. It's different. Um, so Yosef, so- like, gears himself up. And he's like, I'm pulling Claire. He pulls her aside and he's like, look, you need to listen to me. I just ask that you hear me out. I'm going to be open and honest. And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm so here to listen to you. And he just, like, launches in. First, he, he starts off a little strong. You know, he starts off a little reasonable. Clara, you want to take us through? <laughs> I wrote down everything he said. <laughs> I mean, the thing about the Yosef situation, which we discussed last week, is that we have a lot of sympathy for elements of his complaints. For example, it is degrading to be told to strip down to, like, basically a thong and have balls hurled at you. <laughs> and I certainly would object to that. And I have no problem with any of the men objecting to that, including Yosef, even though he wasn't there. Um, I completely get that. I also get him being like, I thought it was an overreaction for you to come and make us feel terrible just because we didn't immediately pull you aside. Um, I get all of that. However, here's what he says. 
there have been a couple red flags. The first was on my group date when you basically said, you guys are here for me. And you're 100% correct. We're here for you, but you're here for us too. I missed out on a lot to be here. I'm missing out on time with my daughter. Every hour is an hour I can't get back. At this point, Claire says, oh my God, I totally get it. You know, my mom is dying. And Yosef looks incredibly annoyed. He's like, this is not your time, Claire. (laughs) How dare you talk about your dying mother? Yeah, how dare you try to relate and affirm what I'm saying with an experience of your own? That is not the way conversations go, ma'am. He interrupts her talking about her dying mother to say that she was really disrespectful to him. At this point, nothing appears to be going off in his brain that he's not coming off well. So he continues by saying that he was really appalled by the naked guys playing dodgeball. He says it's so humiliating and degrading. He doesn't see how that translates to finding a husband. It seems very silly and immature. A lot of guys here, he says, are just appeasing her. And if he were on that date, not in a million years would he be caught dead doing that. All right, if my daughter or family or friends had seen that, what would they think? Think of the example that would be setting. Um, This is the sort of the point in the conversation where Claire is still just listening. And it seems like he's realized that she's not really going to push back. So he's going to have to to keep going. A step further. Yeah, he's going to have to keep repeating himself until she gets mad. And this is where I fully just like lost any uh, empathy I was feeling with Yosef because Claire was prepared to really just like take all of this criticism and nod and say, I hear you. Let's talk about this. But he wasn't there to actually have that conversation. He was there to get in a huge fight with her. This is like, I think what you see in during the last, the, this bit of his monologue is him being like, this woman's letting me yell at her and verbally abuse her. And it feels fucking amazing. I'm enjoying yeah, this. Like, you I know love what? this vibe. Let me rewind and go back through a little of it some more, but meaner this time. <laughs> and Claire, on the other hand, is getting fed up. She says, look, that's why you weren't on the date. Like, I didn't invite you on the date. And Yosef says, well, I'm glad I wasn't. I seriously am glad I wasn't there. I was so appalled. I thought it was a completely classless display. I expected a lot more from the oldest bachelorette that's ever been. I can't believe that occurred. You're not setting the right example for my daughter. I feel like I have to explain now. I'm ashamed to be associated with you. I can't believe I gave up so much to be here just to watch this classless display. Going back to our first date... (laughs) Why not? Let's go back to that. Yeah, I think like, he will react. You know what? You're crazy. crazy. You're just a crazy bitch. He's like, while we're at it, let me tell you that you're crazy for like the third time. And Claire is like, well, what sounded crazy? What about me saying that I want guys who are actually here for me and are not just trying to bro out and want to get to know me is crazy. Like I'm, I'm looking for a husband. And Yosef's like, no, this is not the point in my 20-minute monologue where you're allowed to engage with what I'm saying. This is about me screaming at you and you not being allowed to respond. Yeah, he's like, don't interrupt me. How dare you interrupt me? <laughs> but Crazy on the other movie. hand, like, Yosef is, like, letting every woman in America know that he is an abusive person. So, like, cool that he's just, like, so upfront about that and, like, letting everyone have that information. Well, Claire did the amazing thing where you just, like, It's like a a great journalism tactic where you just kind of let someone hang themselves by their own words. You're like, oh, you're going to you have the shovel. Dig the hole. (laughs) I see now. I think (laughs) (laughs) it makes a lot of sense now why allegedly he was 
spamming a lot of women on Instagram in the period before taping and when this aired, because that was like his last chance, I think, to find a girlfriend who doesn't know what he's capable of here. Um, So at this point, Claire's like, no, I'm done. Like never in a million years did I think I'd have to say this again, but I would never want my children to have a father like you. And I stand by that. And Yosef follows her as she walks off yelling, you're not fit to be the mother of my child. You're completely classless, Claire, classless, completely distasteful. I expected more from the oldest bachelorette. You're almost 40. I'm like, bro, Um, get a new line. And also, like, like, what a cool and original move to try and claim power over a woman by criticizing whether men might find her attractive. I just I think this is the point in my notes when I was just like, sisters, free yourselves of the male gaze. They are not the arbiters of our worth. Do not give him that power. I just like completely was like losing it watching this. Oh, my God. I also like had this. um I don't know. I I started to get this feeling throughout this episode that production was like, Claire is at her best when she's real pissed. So we would like to put her in as many situations as possible where she is made to confront like semi-abusive men so that she gets real pissed. And I, I don't know. I was starting to have a whole like paranoid, like how much of this was encouraged. And I, I don't know. I felt, I felt like I was in your book, Kate. Oh, I mean, people have asked me about my book, like, is the show ever really that dramatic? And it's like, well, sometimes, but rarely. And it's like, but last night. Geez, <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was so interesting. And if any listeners haven't checked out Kate's book, I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, it's so fun, but also really thoughtful. And I thought that last night had some real parallels to the dynamics on the season of the bachelor like show in your book. Um, which features like uh, a fat uh, star um, who ends up, you know, with these men who think they can treat her differently than they would treat a thin bachelorette um, or, or, you know, mean squeeze. (laughs) (laughs) They, They think they can treat her differently because she doesn't have the same like sort of culturally accepted upon like desirable traits. And with Claire, you see Yosef basically saying like, you're old. Like, I don't have to treat you with respect because I can do better than you. You're not as desirable. When mere like minutes before you saying, I was excited that you were older because I thought that that was a wonderful thing. Um, and he's so quick to turn that on her. And it really reminded me of, of what you do in your book. So I was curious if you had any like thoughts about that. Yeah. I mean, I think what we see is that the reason Yosef's value system can fit in with the show is because it's the show's value system, right? And that the way that women have worth is to conform to a certain beauty standard, is to be desirable as a wife, to be supportive. How many of these women, you know, we've had maybe Andy and Rachel, but for the most part, they're not career women, right? They're not seeking sort of their value in the world through uh, their their careers. So it's all about finding a husband, about being a mom, right? And so Yosef's like, this is what I came for. This is what I expect from you. And I thought not only, uh, Emma, as you were saying, sort of the producer setting Claire up for these kinds of really abusive interactions, which by the way, if you're a survivor of abuse and trauma, as she says later in the episode, yeah, we, will like, get, we will get into that for sure. <laughs> I was having chest pains as I was watching Yosef go off on her. I found it incredibly triggering. But then also to say, 
we're not going to take this opportunity to do any kind of reflection on what just happened, on why it's not okay, on what men can learn from this. You know, we sort of see the men saying you should never treat a female that way, which a female, okay. But, you know, but it's like... I was glad to see that at least one of them was like, I mean, you should never treat a human that way. And they were all like, yeah, 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 agree, a human. I was like, okay, okay, course correction, dudes. I like that. But for there not to be any kind of connection of like, oh, you know, actually a lot of men treat women this way and it's because they feel insecure in their own masculinity and society teaches them that having power over women is a way to feel better about yourself as a man. And it's like, I don't know, I sort of, I found myself thinking a lot about Demario and Corinne during this episode Mm. and like sort of all the hay they made of how they were going to change and doing the reflection on that and the whole weird conversation with Chris, which while it may not have been perfect, was like at least a conversation about consent that happened on television. So that was something. And then in this episode, I was like, oh, the show hasn't changed at all. It hasn't changed one tiny bit since that happened. And it's it's tough to be a feminist and be a fan of the show. It's sometimes it's really tough. (laughs) Yes, that's sort of like the entire conceit of our podcast and what we struggle with in, (laughs) in, in, you know, covering this show so closely and like for, I think that one of the biggest consistencies of this show is that try, like they have made these small attempts to grapple um, with, with bigger issues that come up on the show occasionally, but like it is always very ham fisted and, so many opportunities for reflection, as you say, are missed. And, you know, I think this, I, I was thinking about that a lot later in the episode when we see, you know, the Zach stuff happened with like little to no even explanation from Claire about it um, or from Chris. And we'll get to that then. But I think, I think you make a, a great point. I also wanted to bring up another dynamic in this, which we've sort of touched on, Emma, which is, that we have sympathy to some of Yosef's points. Like, sure, there are feminist ways of making those arguments, um, but the way that they are expressed and the way that he's thinking through them clearly come from a different place, which is, you know, I don't think that as a man, I should have to be embarrassed in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that, you know... I should have to be looked at in this way as a man. I don't think that as a man, I should be objectified. And I feel like that's one of the the tensions that we come up against is that the show often tries to explore gender equity by turning some of the more degrading things they've done to women onto the men. Like the men can also be objectified by their bodies. Like men can be sexy. Like let's make them strip and like, let's have the bachelorette cat call them. Um, And then you see the men reacting with understandable discomfort, but they don't really have a way of um, articulating their discomfort aside from like, well, I shouldn't have to go through that. Like that takes away my masculinity and I have to reassert my masculinity by um, being verbally abusive to the bachelorette who, you know, yes, really went along with this date and seemed to have fun with it. But like, She's not the the origin of male objectification on the show by any no. means. Like, so also, does he think that she plans the dates? Like, well, is he unfamiliar the with the concept he of does. producers? You're on the show. You've met the producers. <laughs> like, she might have some say in, you know, to an extent, to an extent about who goes on a date. And sure, there's the lead or anyone on the show 
always has the power to like try to push back. But that power is limited. These things are being presented as like whole activities that have already been conceived of by production. They need to do all the setup. They need to get props people involved. Like this, this is happening. Like Claire is as much a cast member on this show as the men are. She's just playing a different role. And obviously, um, Yosef, you know, does not address any of that dynamic. He defaults to, well, you're an old crone, so you should have been better. Uh, and you should have conformed to what I wanted. And you are not giving me what I need and want. And therefore, that must be um, a weakness of yours. And he expresses that in like an incredibly abusive way that puts Claire in the position to explode on him. And then, and, and then we see, you know, Dale sort of be sent in to like comfort her, uh, which of course she is very, very there for. Also, I want to point out that like production also has a say in who they kind of send to go yeah, I was going to ask, do you lead? think the producers were just like being nice and sending him? Do you think she was like, I just need to see Dale. Please let me see Dale right now. Like, how do we think? Do we know anything of how that came about? No, but my guess would be that they saw an opportunity, A, to make Claire genuinely feel better and, and B, to, to lean into this dynamic of furthering Claire and Dale's relationship far and above all of the other ones. Um, by this point, like, they made the decision basically from night one that they were going to have Tasha, because she had to quarantine for two full weeks before they sent her in. So you have Claire continuing to be the bachelorette while Tasha is physically there at the resort. Like, I think that's an important thing for us all to keep in mind. Um, and Claire is allowed to lean into that crush on Dale in a way that no other lead would really be facilitated to do so. And if they did, like, editing would be changed um, uh, on our end. We wouldn't be seeing it. So, you know, I think it served it served a few different purposes. And, like, I also don't blame Claire for being exhausted by, like, it, she seems exhausted with her own persona of being the woman who's constantly, like, made to stand up for herself and has to be strong by yelling at men. And she's like, sometimes I just, I just want a partner to to help me deflect against this kind of abuse. And I don't want to have to stand up alone. Um, and Dale is like the perfect, you know, uh, foil for, for that. I did think it was a little strange that once Dale showed up, the whole narrative became about him protecting her. And it's like, I know guys, the confrontation <sighs> was over at that point And she acquitted herself beautifully. Like she sat and listened to him, let him, as you said, hoist himself by his own petard. And then she stood up to him and sent him home. She did great. And then all of a sudden the narrative is that she needs a man to protect her. Like, no, she needed a man to comfort her or any, you know, if she had had her producer friend or whoever comforting her, I'm sure that would right. have been great too. Yeah, I think that there is like there there is something that it's difficult for people to put into words that are fitting because we think of men as protectors. They fight their battles for us. But obviously, it's incredibly comforting to have a partner who is there when you've been insulted and hurt to to provide immediate, swift, right. effective comfort and who's like, I've got you like 
I am physically holding you. I'm emotionally providing words of reassurance. Like he's doing all the love languages. Great you are. Exactly. (laughs) Like he's providing the whole package of comfort in the way that like a text from a friend maybe couldn't, that a producer maybe couldn't. It's valid to want that stuff. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it's not protection per se, that's just the way that we know how to like articulate what like a big buff guy like Dale does. <laughs> Agreed. Um, she she yeah. did certainly seem to protect herself uh, pretty well. This is when she says, you know, as we've seen this in the previews, she seems like almost beyond words. She's like sick, sick. Like that he would say that to me. Like to say that I'm the oldest bachelorette. I'm the oldest bachelorette that's 39 that's standing here single because I didn't settle for men like that. Ugh, I was really, really did fist well. pumping she, on the couch for that. Yeah. Like, men like <laughs> that. I'm like Claire knows how to deliver like just that female rage in just this beautiful little feminine package, and it's very uh, narratively satisfying <laughs> to watch. I'll, I'll say. Um, so Claire is is just beside herself with anger, and then beside herself with with love for Dale. They have another little, you know, Chris Harrison, Claire powwow so that we can all see her say again that like Dale is it. Dale is there for her. Uh, Chris is like, so another good good night with Dale. Yeah. So you want you want to leave with Dale? Right, girl? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, she says, there's someone in that room who will make sure I don't have to face guys like that alone. And Chris says, maybe you've already found him. Like, Chris, Chris is not behaving like someone who is trying to produce a full season of The Bachelorette no. in these scenes. No, no, no. They are they are setting it right up for implosion right now. They know. They're like, we're so close to the, to the switcheroo. Um, and, and Claire comes back and she's like, look, guys, I just I can't continue with the cocktail party, which they all seem to understand. Um, but it sucks because a lot of the guys haven't really gotten to talk to her. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go right into the, the rose ceremony. I think that, that when she first says, I can't continue, I'm too upset, they're all like, yeah, of course. And then she's like, so let's just do the rose ceremony. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we're still doing that part. I think that their first thought was like, maybe it's all canceled. Yeah. And so they're very understanding. And then she's like, all right, so we'll just do the rose ceremony. Okay, bye. And they're like, wait, okay. Yeah. Like, cool. Damn oh, it. Sure. I didn't get to make my case. So yeah. we head into the rose ceremony. Um, Dale, Zach C, Damar, Brendan, Jordan C, Joe, Jay, Bennett, Easy, Ben, Ed, didn't realize there was an Ed, Ivan, <laughs> Kenny, Zach J. Going home, the only one that I actually recognized was Garen, our dear, sweet journalism Aww. professor. I was very Another sad. journalism job lost. I, I know. <laughs> Like it's a scourge on our industry. Like, <laughs> thanks, ABC. Yeah. Um, also, going home are Blake Monar and Tyler S. I think I checked their faces <laughs> against the list of guys, and I'm not super good with faces. So all it's I like wrote in my notes was, if you gave me one million dollars, I could not tell you the names of. Them. <laughs> yeah, I was. Like, I who just, are I these just, men? I have no idea who they are. I only know like Dale and Riley. Like that's... there are a number of men still on the show that I could no not idea identify. I routinely write in my notes like Weasel Face, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'll go check that later. <laughs> there are several Weasel Faces, though. To that's be fair, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's not even specific enough. So next day at the at the pool, the guys are hanging out. Jordan and Dale are kind of explaining 
to Kenny what happens. And Dale's like, I've, I have four sisters. And so I've seen them cry after being verbally abused by men. And so like, I knew I had to step in. And I like, I don't know how much to believe everything Dale says about himself because he seems to be prone to self-mythologizing. But I was like, honestly, like another success for sisters. Like we really put in the work to make men better. And I'm sure that my brothers would agree with that. You don't have to ask them. I'm sure they would. Yeah, they're big sister guys. They're like, as (laughs) as the brother of a sister. um, Exactly. I understand. Um, And this is when uh, Chris arrives to let the guys know that they will be exposed on this show one way or another. And also, here's their group date card. Jason, Jay, Easy, Chasen, Blake, Ed, Riley, and Dale. Today we separate the men from the boys. This um, kicks off a really uncomfortable sequence uh, in which they intercut Claire basically mooning over Dale and being like, I already know it's him, with the other guys on this group date being like, oh, we're her favorite guys. Like, she wants to see us and, like, get a pick-me-up to her confidence from hanging out with us. Um, Where is she, by the way? We thought our date would have started by now. But cut back to Claire uh, just being like, I think that I knew it was Dale the very first moment that I saw him. And it's just like kind of mean editing to both the guys and to Claire. I agree. I felt like the editors were like really not doing Claire any favors this whole episode. Like we get it. She's obsessed with Dale, but they are cutting it down so that like her conversation with Deanna, which I assume, you know, occurred for more than five minutes. Yes. Deanna, um, former bachelorette, shows up to provide counsel. And like it's like the only thing we're seeing in her ITMs, the only thing that we're seeing in her conversations with the other men the rest of the episode, the only thing that we're seeing in her conversation with Deanna is only commentary on Dale. And while I do believe that she is like very obsessed with Dale, I also believe that she spoke about some other stuff. Maybe. Definitely. I hope. I mean, she does have (laughs) Deanna. She does have Deanna sniff. Dale's pants. That was a weird moment. It was a choice. It it was a choice. <laughs> I missed that completely. <laughs> um, She's like, so... I sleep with these pants. Like, oh, no. Dale, they're Dale's pants. They smell like him. She puts them like over her face at one point. I, it was a lot. Deanna does say like, it. I see your reaction. It feels sort of like you know when you know you know and that was my favorite part Deanna's like have you ever heard this saying when you know you know (laughs) original (laughs) and Claire's like it's like the the epiphany light bulb goes off like when you know you know well I I was I was writing it down I was like I've never heard this I need to go look this phrase up I I think Deanna invented it it's an original no, Claire. Uh, Instagram quote cards invented it. It's one of those great, like, branded Instagram quote cards that says, like, when you know, you know, anonymous. <laughs> I think it's actually a Mark Twain. Yes. Oh, oh, People don't realize. But I saw I saw it on WikiQuote. <laughs> um, there's also an amazing moment where we see Claire kind of, like, journaling. And her voiceover is like, Dale plus Claire, Dale plus Claire. And she's journaling... On the very first page of the tiniest notebook I've ever seen. (laughs) 
And I was like, uh, I remember that stage of an infatuation where you're like, I need a journal just so I can write down all my embarrassing thoughts about how obsessed I am with this loser that no one else cares about. Memories. Um, what yeah, did you guys we- think was up with with the weird like cancellation of the date? I mean, it, it to me, it felt like production had done something because they're just they wanted the guys to be sort of like pissed off and feel a bit disrespected and wanted to make them sit around. But like there was no explanation at all of how this. I thought maybe the conversation with Deanna went a little long or something. So it was summer in Palm Springs. It doesn't get dark until late. Right. And also you're at the hotel. Like the crew is there to do whatever. Right. You're not loading into vans or going somewhere. The poor guys are, like, waiting for a day date for hours, apparently. They say they've been waiting for, like, five hours when Claire shows up and says, I decided to scratch the day date. So if Claire didn't make this decision, or if it's not because Claire chose to, like, have a long chat with Deanna or something, she is very willing to take that on herself, which I don't understand why she would do that. It's only going to make it herself seem less sympathetic to the guys that she's trying to date. But then again, I'm like, would they just let her cancel the day date? Like, what also, game is Dale being played? Dale was on that date, right? So you would think yeah. that she was excited for any time that she was going to get to spend with also, him. Also, like, what if it was right. actually a technical fuck up and whatever they were trying to do just, like, wasn't going to work and it didn't get set up at the resort or something? They were or like, like someone we actually were... can't do a full ski slope <laughs> inside the conference room. That's one thing we simply can't do. Oh, but I would love to see it. <laughs> if it was something just, like, very uh, boring and technical and they were like, we know how to fix this. This is actually great drama. Because everyone knows there's, like, nothing. There are a few things more frustrating, and I really related to the guys in this moment, than, like, being given no information and having no forward motion and, like, just being stuck there. Like, it reminded me of, like, when I've had, you know, a plane sit on a runway for five hours and, like, the pilot doesn't give you updates. And you're like, I know nothing bad's happening. I know we'll probably take off at some point. But, like, why won't they just tell me that it's going to be two more hours? And, like, that's how I felt watching this. So I felt a lot of empathy for them. But then she comes out and is like, I scratched it so we could have an extra long cocktail hour date. But... Do they have an extra long cocktail hour date? Because like you said, it's summer in Palm Springs. It is dark when the date starts. So it's got to be like nine. Yeah, that's not. No, that's that's that does. Nothing's adding up. There isn't much time for this whole group date with these guys. And she toasts to quality time. And Dale's like, speaking of which, I respect all of you. I don't want to be disrespectful. However, I just want to talk to Claire first for a few minutes. So I'm just going to do that. Is that cool? I just, there are a few things I just want to say. Five minutes. It's fine. And they're all like, whatever, man. And he's like, group hug. And they're like, again, whatever, man. Fine. (laughs) And so he takes her to her hotel suite and tells her again, like, I'm so proud of how you handled herself. I I know that, you know, not everyone maybe is thrilled with the way that he's basically like, I'm proud of you for how you handled that. It's like, can't he say, I admire you? Right. Yeah. 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 Does it have to be paternalistic every single right. time? 
Claire seems All to right. like it, but like it's not maybe the optimum. It's not the language I would choose if I was choosing it. But the sentiment, I, I understand yeah, why totally. the sentiment was comforting. Um, and then they're like, our hands are sweaty. And then they both start giggling uncontrollably and making out and like rolling over each other on the bed. And apparently this lasts for 45 minutes to an hour. This is like the the really gross part of early dating and infatuation that we rarely see on this show because of the game-like aspect of it, because you need to kind of... Um, have that that tension of like who is the lead into floating there but because we don't need to have that we're just like seeing that stage in all of its like very uncomfortable glory um I I'm kind of like oddly into it just because it I'm like this grossness is like often what early dating looks like when you're just like no but you're you're perfect I I'm sure you're perfect I'm so into you you're perfect touch me I know I had in my notes I was like you know Claire and Dale are kind of being dicks and then I was like well but people in love are dicks yeah (laughs) yeah like I I totally felt for the other men I'm like this sucks for them it's not respectful of their time they are just like sitting there on the other hand this is like something new that we don't get to see on this show and the show's so formulaic that I always get like a little bit of a thrill just from from a difference or something that feels like a little bit um more authentically like a real relationship yeah this is just one of the insoluble structural problems with the bachelor and the bachelorette (laughs) is like Falling in love is, like, sort of incompatible with politely sharing equal time with a bunch of different people, including a lot that you're not interested in. And, like, the it's those experiences don't go together, but, like, they must for the show. And what that results in is usually, like, a main love story that doesn't look a lot like falling in love, that is you know it's hard to like really get into the emotional investment of the relationship between the two people and to understand what it's like for them to sort of be like oh I'm falling in love with him but I'm gonna pretend I'm falling in love with someone else for three hours tomorrow um but once you start yeah abandoning yourself to the actual love story it's kind of beautiful it's beautiful to see people in love then you know you're destroying the format and that's where we are (laughs) I think the times that we've seen narratives like this before, the narrative tends to be like with Ashley H or with Des, like they really fell for somebody and then that turns out not to be the right person, which is something, of course, we're all familiar with, right? That when you have that intense, immediate infatuation with someone, sometimes it's not when you know you know. Often it's when you know, oh no, I didn't know 90% of the things about him and as soon as I learned 10% of them, I realized what a terrible idea this was. But it's like... We're getting that like Ashley H with Bentley vibe, except instead of him then being a total villain, it's like, no, 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 that's it. End of show. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's new. It's interesting. It's very strange. Yes. Yes. Um, So finally, the guys are just like, we got to put an end to this. We're just wasting our time. Um, Easy goes and knocks on Claire's door and, like, can hear Dale and Claire giggling. It's very awkward. 
and she opens the door and she's like, yeah, it's fine. Dale's here. We were just, we were just like chatting, just like a, a conversation. There was no touching. It was just a, a very friendly conversation. Um, and then we see the guys sort of like all panic and try to get their time very quickly with Claire, but all feel very uh, angry that none of them are getting as much time as Dale. So it was just like really set up to fail. I appreciated that back at the fire pit, Riley was like, Dale's fine. I was like, that's a terrific take, <laughs> Riley. MVP for the episode. I love Riley. <laughs> that's love though, right? It's like, it doesn't matter if you think he's just fine. Claire thinks he is exceptional. And like hers is the only opinion that counts. Mm. Um, she's just not hiding it well though. Like when Easy no. comes, he's like, can I grab her? And Dale's like, oh yeah, I'll go. And Claire's like, wait, where are you going? Give me a hug. And I'm like, Claire, Claire you gotta let no. him go. Like, you were just hugging him with your whole body for like an hour. It's like, yeah, come on, girl. Play it all, just like hide it a little bit for the sake of these other humans that are around you. Ugh. And this is when they start showing us snippets of Claire talking to production to give us glimpses, um, it seems, of how sure Claire is that... Dale is it and that she's just going to be kind of faking it with the other guys for the rest of the season Um, which presumably a lot of them have these conversations and we never see them but they show a a snippet of Claire talking to a producer it's sort of unclear to me which one is saying which thing but basically the conversation is along the lines of let's see if we can just hurry up the time with the rest of the guys like basically like shake hands like nice to see you is sort of the joke that's made um it's a pretty small group of guys who clearly all thought they would get a good amount of time with her that night. And she's basically saying like, eh, like got, got the time in with Dale. Let's move on. She's like, I want to go to bed. Oh, yeah. it's rough. Um, Claire's with Jay, um, who's like, yeah, people are really stressed about not getting enough time with you. So it's tough. Dale opens the door and he's like, what? You're in. I didn't know you guys were like in here in here i'm gonna just no i'm gonna be respectful i'm just gonna but he's lingering until claire says come over here bye jay jay is livid and then of Um, course goes back and like reports this to the other guys and they're like not into it and dale finally heads back and try it and just like has no defense the other men are like just dude just like own it just say what you're doing. You just say you wanted a bunch more time. Don't try to be like, I was wander. I had no idea. Dale is just like stumbling over his words. He's like, I didn't, I don't, I didn't realize. I didn't know. I didn't. Uh, uh, uh. It's. Uh. He went to the bathroom, Emma, and then he got lost. It could happen. That's to what happens. You go to the bathroom and then you end up in an other room. That's not definitely not the bathroom at all. But it's also funny to hear the guys being like, just own it. Like, it's fine if you just own it. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, you'll be equally mad if they you They just want to be pissed at him. They want to, like, find the inconsistency so that they can be upset about the rules when, like, the reality is with this show, there, there are conventions, but there really are never rules. And anyone flouting the quote unquote rules, it always works for them if the lead is into them. Like... We've just not seen it this intense this early, but like that always happens. 
I mean, the thing that I love about The Bachelorette in general is how quickly it disavows one of the notion that women are more emotional than men. And on this season in particular, we see like all of these like alpha, conventionally handsome men that the world has handed everything to. And suddenly they're in this situation where their power has roundly been taken away from them and they do not like it. And they're reacting welcome in a lot of big ways. Welcome to the anxious attachment style, dudes. <laughs> totally. Welcome, welcome to my life. I found this it very is what pleasurable. it feels like. <laughs> I feel like you also see the guys on some level being like, I'm a man. Like, competition is natural. Whoever wins, you know, law of the jungle, that's whatever. But they're also like, I'm losing and I don't like it. <laughs> and so there's this conflict between them wanting to be like, it's cool that you're winning. That's fine. Like, I respect that. Like, and also being like, it's not fair. And they struggle with that every season. But I feel like we're really seeing it here. Um, so they are, yeah, they're trying to find things they can be mad at him about that doesn't make them seem like they just are sore losers. And also just like, I'm interested in this woman and she's not interested in me and that hurts my feelings. Like, it's okay to just say that. That's fine. Right. But yeah. no, maybe, maybe hey, and- there are uh, men. They're real men. You can't, they can't do that. I don't think you're under. Well, the date was about separating the boys from the men. So it's important that they. Yeah. Um, yeah. We never found out what the date was going to be that justified that. That's so again. funny. That's true. Yeah, I was I was like, what was this date? Oh, right, it was canceled. Um, but uh, so, Dale gets the group date rose. <laughs> Shocker. And she's like, all right, thanks, Dale, for that. And I'm going to bed. Bye. Um, she's got to know that the guys are not going to be thrilled about this. She just, she just seems care. to be trying to minimize the opportunities for them to make clear to her that they're unhappy. <laughs> Plausible deniability. <laughs> um, so... You know, the guys are starting to, like, really confront Dale directly. Um, And back at the the common area suite, um, all the guys are like, you said you just needed five minutes and then you took more time. Like, what what was all that about? And he's like, well, I just thought I was the best one, the best suited. And they're like, go on, finish that thought. The best suited for what? And he's like, the best suited to, like, be there for her based on our connection. And they're furious. They're like, like, suited? Is that the word you use? The best suited? I didn't understand why they were so offended by that phrase. <laughs> they like really took issue. But like he's not wrong because she wants him there. So he is going to be the most effective at comforting her. Well, as we see throughout this episode, they're in denial about this still. <laughs> like they're sort of like, he thinks that he's the best suited, but I think she's going to be really upset to find that out because she probably just thinks he's fine, you know? <laughs> they probably, she probably is just like, he's all right, but like, I don't like that he really wants to be there for me in a tough moment. That bothers me. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have a whole lot more with our guest, Kate Stamen London. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah, read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process, it would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new 
luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag And it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks. And it's been really helpful because my French is not good. But now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. The next date card goes to Zach J. I'm looking for my yeah. best friend. I think she's going to have to keep looking. Oh, this is Zach. Oh, God. Zach gets up bright and early. He puts his styling clay in his hair. He's ready for some special time with the bachelorette. Claire comes in to the common area to pick him up. And I swear to God, she is finding reasons to just come when Dale's not on the date to just come to their room with any message so that she can see Dale and see whether he looks hot and whatever he's wearing that day. And spoiler, he always does. He's a literal model. So there's also that. A Halloween costume model, among other things. So she's like, no, I'm focused (laughs) on Zach. I can't wait to see if this is going to work. And I'm like, what do you mean this is going to work? Like, definitely not a relationship. 
Like, you have no interest in seeing if a relationship with him is going to work. Um, but getting through the day, maybe. So they're having a spa day. Claire gets them to unwind. Zach, on the other hand, has very ticklish feet. So we're off to a rocky start. He cannot unwind. He I even honestly... says, like, I'm a very high-strung guy. Oh, boy. Like, That's I'm what like, you oh, want to hear no. on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> It takes a lot for me to unwind. So that'll be a fun challenge for you during our life together. Um, <laughs> she gives him some avocado face mask. She's like, oh, let's really zen out. And she says, Claire's like got a very negative attitude towards Zach from the very beginning. I'm just give Dale the one on one date. Just do it. And she's like, he's always brought a lot of energy, but his excited energy has really flowed into nervous energy. And it's really tough for me to handle. I wish Dale were here. Um, then they end up hanging out in the pool. She's on a giant floaty. He's he like does a flip into the pool. And and you can feel that Claire like is trying to like bring that feigned positivity into this. She's like no, I'm going to give Zach a real chance. She's, like, being more flirtatious with him. Um, she's like, look, he he's given me some weird energy, and but I want to give him a chance. And, like, I'm sure that Zach's nervous energy is, is there in part because he can sense that, like, Claire isn't into it. And that's just, like, a recipe for um, an anxious person to be made, like, more anxious and more annoying as I say this as an anxious person who like has the ability to be anxious and annoying to my partners um so I did I did feel I I felt for the uncomfortable situation Zach found himself in Um, yeah and I think that we see with Claire uh, like it's she's such a complex bachelorette to me because a lot of the time I think that she brings the right amount of like self-possession and the right amount of like standing up for herself. And then at other times I'm like, she seems very oblivious to how her own energy is affecting these other guys. Like she, she's attributing a lot of it to Zach. And I'm like, do you not see that some of this is you? And you see this like on her date with her group date where she got upset with all the men, like there is a tendency I think to she's like I've lived a lot of my life like feeling bad about myself and like taking a lot on and she wants to shed that and I think that's great um I'm still working on that but but it also means that sometimes I think she doesn't recognize a pattern which is like I'm creating a lot of tension in these relationships and instead she's like that guy's weird that guy mm -mm, something's off there however in this case, perhaps she, she was, was correct. Something, something yeah. was off there. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So what happens next, it was very quick, but obviously I think was um, a big point of conversation on, on the internet last night. So Claire is, you know, leaving the pool for to end sort of the day portion of this date. They're supposed to have dinner after. We usually get a break in the middle of a one-on-one date. And she leans in to kiss Zach but like he doesn't quite get there to meet her and the way I read it was just like one of those awkward missed moments that can often happen between people you know one person kind of leans in the other person doesn't realize it's happening 
till too late. So then she felt like he was pulling away, which I don't think was his intention. So then she pulls away. Um, But his reaction, and this is where I think he really made an error. Her, instead of just letting her move away or saying something verbally that's like, no, 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 I wanted to kiss you, like something sort of light like that, he grabs her um, very aggressively by the neck, by her, and then by her waist, and then she's like, pulls her toward him, pulls her towards him, uh, very aggressively. Like you could see, you could, you could feel her pulling away. Like you could see the muscles in her neck, and you could see him trying to like wrench her towards him. And then this happens twice more. She, he follows her and she's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And he's like, no, no, what happened? What happened? And he grabs her neck twice more. And it was very jarring to watch. And I do not think that in this moment, Zach was going into this, like he's thinking about his own anxiety. I do not think he was trying to be um, harmful or, or, you know, physically imposing in that moment. But it doesn't really matter what his intentions were because he did. He physically grabbed her. Um, and I think it's really important, first of all, that this is this is never okay. I want to be really clear about that. But also, when you are a person who has experienced uh, physical and emotional and verbal abuse, especially at the hands of a partner in the past, as Claire has been very upfront that she has... Um, it's understandable that something like this could be incredibly, incredibly triggering. And it seems to me to be that that is what happened, that she became in a triggered state because she has experienced, you know, an escalation of physical and verbal violence when she has tried to pull away from a partner. Um, and and Zach, Zach did that and Claire wanted no part of it. Um, and this is where I think, like, as you said earlier, Kate, the show really missed an opportunity to have a reflective moment or to do any sort of explanation of why an interaction like this could be really harmful to someone or really triggering. And instead, we just get Claire upset and Zach being confused and then, like, abruptly sent home. And I think that this is where, you know, we talk about the conventions of the show, the idea that if a date is going well, you will kiss on that date, right? An expectation of physical intimacy. And the show, like, obviously doesn't have a working definition of affirmative and enthusiastic consent, right? Like, that's not shock. But, like, it could, right? Like, this wouldn't actually be that hard to work in to say, hey, in a situation where you're not sure what the other person wants, let's use our words. Like, let's have a conversation words about are good. it. And, that, words, and that's words okay. Are very good. Um, but they, you know, totally, they missed that. Um, and uh, almost as importantly, missed an opportunity to say, guess who's not coming to dinner, which I thought would have been really an A-plus way to address what happens next. <laughs> well, Chris Harrison really um, shot the bet on that one. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the initial incident was actually very confusing to watch. Like, I rewatched it several times. We got an email uh from a listener named Caitlin who suggested something that I had also been thinking initially, which is, did he put his hand somewhere during the initial kiss approach that upset her? Oh. Their, her waist and below and his hand were kind that, of 
blocked by her dog. Yeah. So we couldn't really see what was happening. And so that was sort of my first thought because her her pull away was so abrupt. And I think that actually probably what was happening is that she didn't really want to kiss him. And she was following that bachelor script of like time for a kiss. And then he didn't really meet her halfway. And she was like, fuck it. Like, why did I even do this? And it's just like, whatever. But because it like all happened so fast, I was like, did he like grab her somewhere? Did he like do something inappropriate? But the, when they both talked about it, it really seemed like she was just upset that he didn't meet her for the kiss initially. And then so quickly the second thing happened, which was that he grabbed her by the neck. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if we later heard that he did something else because of how extreme her reaction was. But it, I don't know if we have any basis for saying that. It, it was it seems... definitely confusing. Um, yeah. I thought but... that she just maybe realized, like, I don't, you know, that feeling of, like, I don't want to be kissing anyone except the one person I want to be kissing and, and yeah. realized she just didn't want it. And the one she yeah. realized she didn't want it, that's when it's time for him to drop it. And, yeah. Right. And you know, you know what sucks is being rejected it by sucks. someone that you didn't want to kiss anyway. So she's uh, leaning and she's like, here worst. you go. And he's like, meh. And she's like, how dare you? I didn't <laughs> right. She's like, why? You. I didn't even want to do this. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard to, like do the thing that's expected of me, which is inevitably too fake emotion for people you don't have emotion for. I mean, one thing that Claire is really doing is exposing the labor that is involved in being the lead of this show. Like, there is always an element of acting. There's always an element of the lead trying to force themselves to express like interest in people they don't have an interest in and that's something we often hear reflected back in interviews like later on when the leads reflect on their experience they're like yeah I liked you know one to max four people on night one but like had to be fake being into 30 like um and and we're seeing that very visibly and I think I I would like to hope that maybe some people watch this and were like, oh, I'm going to take away the right lesson from this, which is that like, yeah, you can decide you don't want to do something physically with someone at any point. Like, yes, maybe she decided she wanted to lean in. And then when he didn't meet her, decided she didn't want it. And then she tried to walk away. And like, that is where the problem arose. He would not let her walk away. And you could see her getting more and more uncomfortable and her trying to like put a smile on and be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. I'm going to go get ready. I'm going to. And he being that anxious person was like, I have to fix it. But being an anxious man, his response was like not to just use his words, but to physically try to stop her from leaving. And like that is not an okay thing to do gonna say it again that is not an okay thing to do um and I get why there were people on Twitter who felt like bad for Zach to an extent like I do believe in that moment he was probably confused um but you really cannot fault Claire for just needing to draw a line and saying like I don't want to deal with this person anymore like a thing happened that made me deeply uncomfortable whether or not it was intentional doesn't matter and like I cannot have this person. Well, and particularly, me. I thought it was you know they contextualize it in her as an abuse survivor and as someone who's obviously falling in love with someone else, but they did not contextualize it that this is happening 
I mean, as far as we know, less than 24 hours after she has been seriously verbally berated right. by another man on the show. And the idea that she's going to have to now enter into another conflict and tell this guy that he made her f- feel physically uncomfortable and unsafe and potentially have him react, probably not like Yosef did, but in any sort of flavor of that kind of reaction. Like, of course, she's not going to want to put herself in that situation again. Yeah. And that I felt like that was important context that was missing. Like, this isn't just a person who was triggered from past traumas months or years ago it's from last night like one day ago yeah yeah so at dinner zach uh is waiting at the table when chris arrives and says claire isn't coming and zach's like i'm so confused we have a really strong connection there was just a little mix-up and chris says well because of that you're going home and also claire didn't like you that much to begin with but we're not going to say that we all know it's true um so it's time for the last date uh a roast hosted by margaret cho truly brought me back (sighs) when i first discovered margaret cho in college time flies um we really i mean this is like a good cameo oh yeah i was like they got margaret cho to like quarantine for this yeah i was like wow i was excited i love margaret cho But also, Um, do you guys remember the infamous Ashley H. roast, which was like one of the worst dates in Bachelorette history? It like very much inspired one of the dates in my book. Like it was terrible. Well, that's where like an underrated season, in my opinion. Isn't that where William Holman like just completely is like super mean to her and it goes horribly? And Amy Schumer is there and tells him that he's not funny, which is like top five moments in the history of the franchise when Amy Schumer just tells the men they're not funny. I feel like Amy Schumer has done that several times on the show. (laughs) Like they just call her and tell the men they're not funny. Um, So, yeah, they they go a different direction. The idea is that they're going to be roasting each other. Claire as she says to Diana earlier, has already been roasted by 20 minutes by Yosef and she's had enough roasting for the week. So the goal is for them to to go after each other instead. And because they can't get a live audience in the quarantine bubble, the other guys from the house will be there. Thank God Dale will be on the date. Um, <sighs> Claire is relieved and uh, and. The, the guys work on there. It's actually more guys on this date than on the previous date. So the audience is smaller <laughs> than the per- performing crew. Um, but they all get in their little tuxes and they they start the roast. We First, we see Ben, um, who has some good lines. He was um, good. I was like, says, Ben, maybe uh, you, have a, you have a future in comedy. But later on, when Ben was like, I had 43 jokes in that set, I was like, you're counting jokes? And then I looked up his like bio and it was like, you know, army veteran, lives in Venice. And I was like, oh no, is this guy trying to be a comedy writer in Los Angeles? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Here's the thing. It was good material for a bachelor roast, but let's not get carried away. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but he does. Clear, ha- the bar is low. It is classic roast material. And let's be, let's be honest, a lot of like the roast comedians like comedians who tend to be like in the community and like do roasts and stuff are just like kind of mediocre white guys who all hang out so like you know you don't have to be that good like he's like oh Bennett was at Harvard with Mark Zuckerberg and they have a lot in common they're both pasty white they're super rich and nobody really likes them and I was like yeah that's like a good classic 
mediocre roast joke. Like there is a punchline, but it's not so specific that it seems true. (laughs) Um, It just has a, it's mean, but not too mean. Um, But then we get into the Dale stuff, which honestly, it does seem like there's a lot of Dale material. And a lot of it does seem less like jokes than just like critiques. Right. Like there, the form was missing. I was like, there's no, this isn't even funny at all. Like even in a mediocre way. My main takeaway from this whole section was like, none of these men have ever had to talk a woman out of dating a guy before because it's like, (laughs) you don't go after the guy. That makes her get defensive and double down. Like when your friend is dating someone terrible, you have to like slowly and subtly seed it so she reaches the conclusion on her own. Like this is not the way, my dudes. Right. They needed to impress Claire with their own like ability to be funny and... They needed to separate themselves. And I think, like, arguably, Ben probably did the best at that. Like, he didn't focus that much on Dale. And everyone else was just like, I've got a joke. Fuck Dale. (laughs) I've got a joke. Uh, Dale, you're not really interested in Claire. Which, like, I'm sorry. What good do you think is going to come from implying to Claire, first of all, that the guy she's into sucks? Which... Is it hurts your feelings? Like it, it, it. You take it personally when people think that the guy you're into sucks because it, it casts, uh, casts aspersions on your judgment, and it's hard not to feel bad, even if it's like a TV show that you like, and people are like, that sucks. People take that very personally as a judgment on them. So first of all, Bennett and all the other guys are like this turd. Like who would like him? What kind of moron? Also, he doesn't even like you. And then they're, like, pumping each other up. They're like, we did such a good job. Like, we're really going to, like, change how Claire feels about this with the convincing stuff that we said about Dale. Like, like even, even Margaret Cho is like, this is weird. <laughs> like, she leans over to Claire and is like, they, they're obsessed with Dale. This isn't funny. And Claire's like, yeah, I don't. They're, are they jealous of him? Like, it did none of the things they hoped that this would accomplish. Yeah, he Bennett Bennett has a whole long thing. He, he also says that Dale looks like the boa constrictor in the Jungle Book, which I was like, maybe don't compare him to an animal. Um, in the in the Jungle Book, yeah, notoriously like, racist. <laughs> I was like, you have like seventeen other quote unquote jokes about Dale. I would just leave that one out. And then he finishes by saying, "If you think you're the best suited for Claire." swing by my villa for a fashion lesson before the big day, you big diva. And I was like, that's not even framed like a joke. That's just like an, an epithet. Um, the joke yeah. is comparing a man to a noun that would traditionally be used for a woman or gay man. Whoa, oh, comedy. Oh, oh, now, oh, now I get it. And now it's hilarious. Bennett has been redeemed. He should be a comedian. Um, yeah, so Claire is feeling all the things you would feel having been told that Dale isn't really interested in her and that he sucks and it's embarrassing to be interested in him, which is first confused and then uh, defensive. She's like, oh, you hate him? Well, too bad. I like him. You can't hate on love. And then she comes around to piss. Like, she's pissed at these guys by the time we get to the evening portion of the date. And so, like, we mentioned earlier that it seems like they're editing some of her conversations so that it seems like they're all about Dale. I don't think this was editing. I think Claire went into this date, pissed at these guys, being like, they made me feel like shit about the one thing I'm excited about. 
I don't care if they have a good time. I want to get information out of them. And then I want to go home and sleep. They also did a really um, like self-destructive thing where they made all of these references to things that Dale allegedly said that Claire doesn't know about. So they literally set her up to have lots of questions about about Dale because of the things they said. I, and I like, think they did it on purpose. They wanted to have an, a reason to tell her that stuff, but they were hoping it would be like, oh yeah, in his conversation, like Bennett filled her in on that. And now she's like, oh man, I don't know how I feel about Dale anymore. I'm so glad I'm having time with you. <laughs> Who, you know, Which like, Jordan it feels like whoever. that's the kind of thing we see on the show when someone legitimately is not there for the right reasons, not to say that phrase, but to say that <laughs> phrase, right? And 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 there is a need to like let the lead know, listen, this person is playing you. But it doesn't seem like that's true with Dale. They're just super into each other and she's not into anyone else. And once I again, know. they can't use their words about it. Yeah, they don't know how to handle the problem of a guy that they don't super like just being falling in love with the bachelorette in front of them. They don't know how to handle that problem um, because it isn't really a problem for them to fix. Like the show is for Claire to find a husband. She's doing it. They're not super involved in that process. Um, (laughs) Too bad. Uh, So she, you know, she starts pulling the guys and being like, you had some pretty sharp words to say about Dale. What's the story there? What was that? When did he say? So he said, um, that he was the best suited to me or that he was like the front runner. Can you say more about that? And they're like, oh yeah, no, that's about it. Like there's nothing else. Let's talk about me. And she's like, no, but I want, what was the context? Like, how did that come up? And like, what else did he say about me? So (laughs) awkward. And you could see these dudes getting like more and more annoyed. And now everyone's just angry at each other. Like they're all And they all keep coming back from the conversations and sharing. So it's not like it's right. a secret. They're all like, oh, you also had talked only about your jokes about Dale. She's pissed at them. They're pissed at her. You can tell that, like, this whole thing just, like, needs to be blown up. They need to bring Tasha in. Like, everyone's reaching their breaking point. Um, and we really, we really see that. Obviously, like, especially when Claire's, like, I didn't get anything I needed from any of you, so I will not be giving any of you the rose. Which I was shook. I'm like, this I was wow. Too. I was like, just give it to Ben. He only made one really mild joke. About yeah. It. I was like, come on, just give it to someone. And that seems to be how the other guys feel too. They're like, wait, like she doesn't even like any of us enough to be like, you can be there for week three. Like yeah, and also, like, of course you didn't get anything from us. You only asked us about Dale. It, but it, it did was... feel to me, like, similar with the roast, right? If there was anyone there who really felt like I'm developing strong feelings for Claire, I think Claire is awesome. They could have, A, used their roast to try and be more impressive to her, and then, B, use their time, even if she was asking questions about Dale, to be like, hey, actually, there's something I really want to say. I really love how you handled that Yosef situation, or the like to, to try and pivot the conversation. And maybe some of them did, and we just didn't see that. But when I forget which one of them asked, like, did any of you feel like you got at all closer with Claire during your conversation? It feels like, well, then none of you must have really tried, right? Like, there's no way it could have it's, just been, I don't It's complicated know. because I do feel like from what we saw, we didn't see much. We didn't see much except for the Dale stuff. 
we did see other material from Ben, at least. He himself claims that he barely said anything about Dale, that the joke he made about Dale was pretty innocuous. To me, that is the behavior of a contestant who is trying to impress the lead by doing a good job, but not being too nasty to any of the other guys. He tries to talk about other stuff with her, and she's like, no, I really want to hear about that one joke you made about Dale. So I don't think Claire is blameless here. Oh, no, definitely not. It also kind of doesn't matter in a way because she's definitely just going to get with Dale. So (laughs) it's understandable to me that she is not trying that hard. Um, I do get why some of the guys who maybe did make an effort feel like they weren't given an opportunity to get any fruit from that effort that they made. Um, But it's funny, before the rose is given out, some of the guys are in the group like, She's asking everyone about Dale. I don't know. I think probably she was pretty upset to hear that he said he was the best suited for her because she doesn't feel that way. And she's probably this is my favorite really part of the whole sweet, episode. Sweet, baby face Brendan. I appreciate your sunny outlook, but but no. Um, yeah, so and Claire gives herself the rose instead. Yeah, and we get that clip again of Claire talking to a producer and she's like, you dished on my fiance so hard and I'm giving you a rose. And it's like, well, yeah, she's done. Like, Claire is done. She's clearly hurt that they made fun of her, like, love story with Dale. Like, she doesn't feel good about these guys because they mocked something that's very precious to her. It's intense. I mean, and look, Claire and Dale are both extremely earnest, kind of corny people. Uh, Claire and I were discussing Claire Fallon and I were discussing this last (laughs) night on Slack Um, and so I think it's also like when you shit on something that an earnest person takes very seriously it's like not gonna land well with them and that is exactly what happened here Um, and so I think we see that this is all gonna come to a head next week they're really just saving the big old transition for uh, for election week. So a lot of emotional upheaval. Oh, is there going to be an episode next week? There is. Day. It's going to air on Thursday. We need to discuss briefly the preview. Oh, my God. For oh my next God. week. Oh when I tell God. you, I gasped. Tasha emerging from a pool. What did you guys think of this reveal? I mean, she's so hot. That was one thought. Other thought was like the soft lighting and really evil music cues were um, a startling choice. It felt like a weird, dark Fast Times at Ridgemont High remix situation. I was like, someone get Amy Heckerling in to, like, do a better shot of this. Yeah, it was clearly trying to be, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but then, like, it also gave me these, like, weird sort of, like, Stepford Wives, Fembot vibes. Mm-hmm. It, it, I was unclear on the tone they were they were going for. It was an odd choice, and I did see some commentary on this on Twitter, to have the second Black Bachelorette ever introduced onto the show not in sort of the usual sort of soft romantic way but in a very kind of aggressive feeling murdery way like the (laughs) yeah the music was very ominous they they have her emerging like a you know 
it it gave me actually flashes of just like the monster emerging from the sea you know like the, the where she's sort of looming and like the way it's shot like it it doesn't look like light fluffy romantic like it's time for her love story which is how they usually introduce bachelorettes and like put her in a bikini if you must but like I wasn't a fan. I yeah, no no no. I I think that that criticism is uh warranted. I do think that they were trying, like clearly they were trying to lean into the like surprise element and um largely look, the the overwhelming reaction te- seems to be we hate Claire and we we want Tasha and Tasha's the real bachelorette. I for one feel that we are being blessed with two kind of like awesome very different women um this season so i feel like you gotta pick one one's the good one one's right i forgot women always have to be put against (sighs) each other we cannot just equally appreciate both and and feel excited um i'm i'm trying to train myself to pick one and decide who i think is a fucking bitch and who's good and deserving of love but i'm just not there yet those are the only two things women can be and if you're one, you can't be the other. Yeah. Kate, yes. Okay. My God. Does that even need to be explained? Like, women 101. Of, um, during Rachel's season, I had a lot of friends who were sort of watching the show for the first time because they were like, oh, first Black Bachelorette. This is interesting. I want to be a part of it. And sort of saw the way the show was like showing like the Lee conflict and other stuff from that season, they were sort of portraying it in this like big dramatic way. Like they always do on the show with conflict, except this time the conflict was racism and the show didn't seem to understand that that wasn't an appropriate way to portray that kind of conflict. And just from this one clip, it's like, ah, good. We're in for more of this. Like, <laughs> uh, like hasn't uh, changed Nothing has been learned. Good, good, good. Um, at least it, at, at least there is, I don't know. I have to hope perhaps there's I'm very much hoping there's no uh, Lee in this group of guys. On the whole, they seem to be like fairly decent dudes. Uh, On the whole, I'm sure there's a lot I don't know. And I'm sure, you know, as we discussed um, up top, there are things about these men that are like disturbing and and all of that. Um, But I hope we're not going to have another another Lee. I really hope. I mean, it seems like this show really needs to, they need to up their vetting game. Like, really? Like, I mean, <laughs> with Lee, I think it was on purpose. And that's yeah. my one, my one comforting thought is that if Claire was the intended bachelorette, the planned bachelorette, then perhaps they didn't intentionally cast a racist to have conflict with the lead um, because they thought their lead would be white. I mean, it's a pretty grim level of optimism, but yeah. um, I'm hoping. I don't know. That they cast no... Colton and they cast Garrett. So you know. <sighs> that's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen. And next week is going to be a lot because I guess we'll be watching the switchover. It'll be election week. Um, God, just God have mercy on us, on our souls. Um and any final thoughts before we wrap up this this episode? I'm excited. I'm into this season with Claire, and I'm sure I'm going to be very into it when Tasha comes as well. I'm like, I feel that this is just, you know, an embarrassment of Bachelorette riches for us all. And good for Claire that she got to be 39 and fall in love instead of proceed directly into her coffin, as the, you know, opening of the show suggested she well, might. Well, yeah. I mean, I am <laughs> glad for her because time was was very much running out. I'm looking at my watch and it was like 
just a few months until Claire has to fade into obscurity and probably die. So, you know, she avoided that fate. Um, glad for That's her. That's nice. That's helpful for us all. And also, I will say that, like, often the kind of labor element of forcing yourself to to be, you know, pseudo in love with multiple people, like, does not set these relationships up for success after the show. Um, and so I do also wonder if, like, Claire and Dale's uh, obvious clarity of feeling for each other will will give them a better shot in the real world. Yeah, we often hear like, oh, this is you have to do this so that you can really find love. You have to try every relationship. And and how often after the show do we hear like it was really hard for us to get past them seeing me falling in love with someone else before I picked them. How often do we hear that it actually caused issues? Like, of course it causes issues. I hope that they at least escape that and have a more a more natural progression to their their love story. And uh with that, I think we can we can wrap it up there. Um Kate, thank you so much for coming on and thank you. sharing your thoughts. This was really fun. What a good pre-election distraction. And now uh, it's time for Feminism Fails. Oh, so much happened this week. So many things to discuss. Um, But we have to start with the Yosef material. Uh, First, uh, Yosef makes several comments about how old Claire is in a way that is clearly intended to make her feel humiliated, embarrassed, less desirable. Um... We are going to give this a four. I thought it was pretty gross um, and just a classic moment in which a man claims to find something appealing about a woman and then tries to use it to shame her the minute that she shows she's not interested in him. Um, and again, like the idea that women lose value as they age is incredibly sexist. I don't think that we need to explain that. And then, of course, Yosef says he's ashamed to even be associated with Claire because she's associated with degrading nudity, sort of, but also just general classlessness. I mean, we get it, but also she's associated with a thing that is basically a hallmark of bachelor programming. And to say that, like, you're ashamed to be associated with her as a person rather than putting it like on the structure um, of which you have like willingly, you know, given yourself over to and signed a bunch of like really fucked up contracts to appear on. It just felt like really off and it felt like she was being um, obviously held to a different standard because she is a woman. And so I'm going to give that one a three. Also like, to say that he's associated with Claire, like don't flatter yourself, buddy. No one associates. She, you with she hopes Claire. to not associate with <laughs> yeah, you, you. You met a week ago. Um, Yosef calls Claire crazy again. Um, he just can't stop. Um, the idea that women's emotions are irrational, that you know, mental instability, mental illness is um, a derogatory uh, term to apply to people who are behaving in ways you don't like. Um, Both of those things are offensive. And uh, I don't 
think that he cared at this point. I think this time he was intentionally trying to hurt her feelings, um, but I'm going to give that a three. And then Jay says that he is, quote, here to make Claire his wife. Um, it's just one of those phrasings that we often hear on on shows like The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Um, well, specifically on The Bachelorette, because it's almost like never a phrase that the women tend to use about their husbands. Um, it implies this idea that like Claire is an object there to be, you know, forced into um partnership and uh, marriage with a man and by sheer force of will, Jay will make her his wife. She will be something that is his trophy and that he has ownership over. And I don't think that this is necessarily something Jay consciously was tapping into, but it just feels kind of gross. And um, dudes, maybe just like stop using this phrasing. I think uh, we'll give that a 3.5. Yeah. Um, finally, and, you know, there's so much we could have discussed in this episode, but let's wrap it up with Zach uh, grabbing Claire by the neck multiple times and refusing to let her walk away from a sort of failed kiss. Um, you know, again, it doesn't seem like he was intentionally trying to scare her, um, but it is simply not okay to try to control people's bodies um, in order to uh, assuage your own anxiety or get a kiss that you want. Um, it's it's not appropriate. Um, clearly, it was very scary for Claire um, specifically, um, but under no circumstances is it okay to hold someone by the neck um, until they will agree to kiss you. Uh, we're going to give that a five. And that is it for here to make friends thanks so much to our guest uh kate stamen london and our producers nick offenberg and sarah patterson give us a follow on facebook and instagram at here to make friends pod and you can follow us individually on instagram and twitter i'm at claire e fallon and i'm at emma lady rose we'll be back next week for a post-election thursday night episode of the bachelorette Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. 
Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.